0: we had in society today come after me i'm a man i'm 40 it's always soccer in philadelphia as part of the ringer podcast network i'm bill simmons and i'm trying to run a business here this is not open mic night joining me tonight on the podcast is my brother-in-law rush joy thanks for having me kevin I'm the ringer Podcast network,
1: brought to you by cousin, cousin small. We love cousin small. Lives in New York. Great guy.
0: All right. Actually, I'm Kevin Kincaid. I'm not Bill Simmons, as everybody knows. Ross is not my brother-in-law, but I just to get we, Bill Simmons we know impersonation. Of. Not that, not that I know of. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. Uh, that would be something. That would be a quite a bit of news, wouldn't it? Uh, we're just having fun here. We like to have fun on the it's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. And listen, it's Thursday night. We're recording on Thursday night. It is a great night uh, to be a Philadelphia Union fan wherever you are. Uh, maybe you're listening to this on Friday. If it's Friday, we're 13 days away uh, from the return of Major League Soccer. The MLS is back. Tournament so exciting It's exciting man I'm excited it for. It. I'm, I'm like really actually like like pumped for it to actually this watch is, something like
1: this it. is the first time I think I've ever genuinely seen you excited about a Philadelphia sport in uh at least a year and a half it's amazing the kind of wonders it does to not have the uh Sixers cloud looming over your head <laughs> but don't mean, worry there's still just, time
0: you don't the, con- the constant questions about Benson Ben Simmons shooting a jump shot and whether Joel Embiid's going to be in shape and uh yeah, whether they should fire Brett Brown. Yeah, it, it does I, put a it, put, it does put a little bit of a damper on it. I just
1: They're, hope you're enjoying
0: you know every minute of Fishtown you have
1: left because uh, not everybody knows this, but you're going to be making the move down to Florida soon uh, on the Maestro's dime. He's sending you down to cover <laughs> the uh, NBA <laughs> yeah. playoffs, and uh... <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, so I'm going to be uh, leaving my wife, my 14 uh, month old, and uh, everybody else. Uh, up here i'm gonna go cover the the tournament i'm gonna get a nasal swab three times a day i'm not gonna leave the hotel who would want to who do you who do you think are the type of people who, who would uh obviously what you probably have to be single right probably like somebody in their 20s like younger hungry you know wants to go like find the find an opportunity here to cover uh to cover basketball or MLS if they mm. would open it to reporters. You know, is it is that the person that we're thinking is going to go cover this kind of thing or jump at the chance?
1: No, somebody like me who's married with three kids, including one that's not even oh. two months old. Absolutely. Oh, so you're, chi- you're trying get,
0: to okay. get me
1: out of here. Now, uh, I don't know. I, you know, it, it, is, it is an interesting question, though, because, like, you would think that it would be younger single people. But, like, if you're, say, like, mid, late fifties, married, you're an empty nester. Your kids are, are out of the house. And like you look at the fact that this is hopefully the only time in history that this kind of thing will have to happen. Uh, and you can look back at your career and say, you know what? We've, we've done all of the typical playoff runs. Like this is something unique and something cool to cover. And by the way, the, the kind of access that you'll have that's team approved is probably limited, but I don't know how they plan on having media or where they have media staying, but, If you're in that bubble, if you have any kind of rapport with the players, then, you know, in theory, maybe you end up bonding with some of these guys a a little bit more than you would have otherwise.
0: I'm excited for soccer. The real question is whether you are and whether you're excited to do this podcast, because if I correct me if I'm wrong, but Snow the Goalie has now skyrocketed to what, like the number one podcast in the entire world? Well, you guys, you, know, uh, you guys are getting like, well, Chris Pronger and Craig Berube chief. You're getting uh Ken Hitchcock on there. I feel like Danny Breer, like Danny Breer. I, I want, it's more like, who have you not had on?
1: Yeah. Well, point? I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to do all that when you are in fact, the only flyers podcast um, <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten. So this is a fun thing. I, uh, because I, I, I enjoy it too much now, but like, the running bit has been the only Flyers podcast, and we got a three-star review two weeks ago from somebody saying, "Definitely not the only Flyers podcast, <laughs> but it's still okay." It's like, how do you not understand that? Like, we're not narcissists; we just people enjoy do people, a good bit.
0: Do people know that it's like people don't know that you're just doing the rights to Ricky Sanchez? I don't bit, know what the, bit with that thing.
1: No, they're the only Sixers podcast, but they're not the only Flyers <laughs> podcast, so it can't be the same thing. No, there are people who don't get it, and and it's just I don't know. I, I think the whole thing's funny, but you know, whatever.
0: You know, well, you know, if people don't, right, I can understand if people I'm, don't get the bit. They could think that you guys are uh, blowing sunshine up your own butt. You know,
1: I will say that, like, I I am arguably as excited for MLS starting up as I am for the NHL playoffs. Um, are you really? Yeah. Beca- well, I mean, and and I don't, you know, don't get to talk soccer all that much, but yeah, like. There's something about the way that this is setting up that I think could grab a, a casual fan's uh, attention, and I think you could actually grow the sport by virtue of the timeline here. You know, like, you you look at when this whole thing starts up, and and the biggest thing, I think, has been, you know, are you going to be the only show in town when you get started? And which league is going to try to get it up and running first? Um you know, the NBA and, and the NHL aren't going to hit until the end of July. Really, the games are only going to be meaningful for the the NBA in what, mid-August, maybe. The NHL playoffs are going to go through most of August. Major League mm-hmm. Baseball, you know, if anybody cares, they're not listening to podcasts. They're probably, you know, living in a retirement home somewhere, so it doesn't matter. But, like, for MLS, like, you have a two-and-a-half-week lead. And, oh, by the way, international soccer being available – for the last month and a half, with the Bundesliga, the EPL being back, Serie A now coming back, like and La Liga, there are people who did not care about soccer before, but have now gotten into it because it's the only sport worth watching. And mm-hmm. now, maybe if you're a guy who's you know living in South Philly who can't find anything else on TV except for Bayern Munich, and you're like, all right, I'll I'll bet on this. You know, I have DraftKings anyway. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. in and throw some money down. Now you're like, all right, well, okay, Philly has a team. I'll watch this game, you know? And it's not uh, just. I agree,
0: be- dude. I think, I think the, yeah, I think people are watching like Premier League and Bundesliga and stuff like that. And like, I heard Anthony Gargano on 97.5 the other day oh. saying, hey, I've been watching, <laughs> hey, I've been watching Bundesliga and I enjoy it. So like, I don't, it's funny because we always talk about it on the podcast, like, well, the Euro snobs, are they going to watch the MLS team? I think like people are kind of like watching what they're seeing right now on TV. And like, I think it seems like they're enjoying it. And I think that translates to them saying, look, if the if the local team is going to be playing in a couple of weeks and we don't have the four for four sports back, it seems like they're going to watch it. Do you get that vibe? Cause that's like kind of what I'm, that's what I'm feeling here.
1: I think so. I, but I really, I really think a lot of it. So there's, there's that inherent kind of like provincial nature of, people rooting for the local team. So that's going to exist. I just think that the sports betting angle to this is, is really what's going to grow MLS. I think it's the thing that's going to make this entire run feel that much more important, right? Because, you know, trying to convince your buddy that, you know, I, you want to sit down and watch a, a soccer game is one thing, right? And if, if your friend's not a soccer fan in the past, they're probably going to blow you off. In this case, you can be like, Hey, it's the only sport that's on right now. And then you can double down by saying, "Hey, you know, DraftKings has this great promo running yeah. on, you know, live betting, and it'll give you a fifteen dollars promo or whatever, like you know, free bet." And then all of a sudden, you know, your degenerate gambler friends or even your casual betting friends are like, all right, yeah, I'll get in on this." I mean, think of it as like March Madness in a little bit, maybe of a less chaotic way, but like, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, I know that there are people who are still uncomfortable with the concept of of sports betting being legal. And some people have like been very hesitant to kind of you know dip their toe in those waters, but like for better or worse, I think it's gonna end up working out well for MLS. And there is going to be, you know, they they've got to lead. The the key here, the biggest thing for MLS, in my humble opinion, is the games have to be good. There there is yeah, no do. there is no room for, you know, the first the first match or two um of of group play are going to be feeling out process. There's no time for that.
0: I know we can't have, we can't have a, like we really cannot have a nil nil. The first night.
1: This is like what happened in the Aston Villa game, right? It was like one of the first games back. People are like, Oh man, the premier league's back. You know, Oh, you've been watching the Bundesliga. It's inferior. (laughs) By the way, I like the Bundesliga better, but like,
0: well, all these people you know, who are like expecting expecting something out of Villa. Yeah, you know, first like was like, like Kyle please, Scott, please, don't, please please don't like take these two teams seriously. Yeah. Like please wait for the next game, whatever it was. You well,
1: know? Kyle comes on, he's like, oh, you know, I threw down fifty dollars on Aston Villa. I'm like, well, why didn't you just light <laughs> it on fire? Or just give it to me. He's like, oh. no. Didn't,
0: didn't he come back later and said he hedged against it, but he, <laughs> he put the on the wrong game. On <laughs> the wrong game.
1: Yep, like, but. <laughs> But no, like I think if you come out and if the first few matches have have scoring, yeah, and I, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. like one nil, like light it up on both sides. You know, I think it, Garber at some point should should have his uh, his words in the ears of of every team, every manager. he has got
0: to let in a goal, just like please, do, <laughs> like, your, do your due diligence. Listen, do your service, there's team.
1: there's no bunkering I know, I know. here. All right, like this isn't baseball with the shift. Like we've got to we've got to have scoring, and there's got to be a decent bit of it.
0: That's my yeah. That's my worry because I feel like people are going to tune into that first Union game, which is scheduled for nine a.m. Yeah. Which, is cra- which is crazy. Which is crazy because you're going to be what waking up. It's waking up at five o'clock. Your pregame meal is going to be what six a.m. Which is crazy because I think I think most soccer players still do the three hours before and then you let your food food settle and then you go play. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have a ton of exclusive eyeballs on you at nine a.m. God, if if that if that game's a fucking nil nil, I'm going to like kill somebody because I. <laughs> I feel like you're going to have people who are curious and are tuning in, but I think that they would also tune out just as fast as they tune in. So I can't like emphasize enough. I'm with you on that. Like that 9am game against New York city on the ninth, like we need a goal we need a first half goal, or we need shots going off the post or action back and forth. Um, well, it'll be up. interesting because the, 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 the union are fit and they're in shape and I think their style, I think somebody actually asked a question about this. Maybe I'll save it to the end, but their style of play, the high pressing and the fitness that they're in, that may bode well for them because if they're rusty in the passing and shooting game, okay, maybe they'll be able to just force a turnaround and get a shitty goal or something like that. Yeah. So maybe that plays to their favor, but yeah, I just don't, I, I just, <laughs> that first game, the first night, I need a goal or two. The second day, I need a goal or two. Um, Cause I think that as quickly as people were interested in it, they'll, they'll tune out just as quickly too, because they'll know that, okay, well later that afternoon, I'm going to be able to watch, this or that, or I'm gonna be able to watch this or that. We got baseball coming up around the corner, so. Well, you know, Listen, in the po- like
1: there, there is a positive in this though. Like the, yeah. the fact that like the Union and NYCFC are are both good teams helps, and and again, like it's 9 a.m. on ESPN. It's not like you have to go search for this game on FS2. The Live right? Well Network, or, so yeah. many people just by by you know their general habitual schedules are going to flip on ESPN. Whether it's to, I don't even know what's on in the morning. I guess it's get up right. But like, get if you're looking for Get yeah. Up, or you're looking for First Take, or you're looking for Sports Center, or whatever. Like, the fact that so many people just have it wired into their minds, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna either turn that on on cable, or I'm gonna go on the ESPN app first thing in the morning, and it's there. Again, you're gonna be catching all of these casual fans or these these sports fans of other leagues or of yeah. other sports. You have the ability, and if you're MLS, you're not in a bad position with those two teams leading it off.
0: Yeah. Um at 9am no day. i agree i agree okay before we get too far ahead to actually let me back up because i had an announcement that i wanted to put at the front of the podcast and we just got to talking but um if you ordered uh one of the always soccer jerseys for the charity fundraiser that we're doing they went out uh today thursday um so they should be i, I think you should have them within like a day or two i think uh, there's there should be a tracking number on there um sorry they took so long I i i No, I told everybody up front that we were having COVID delays and it was just, we we were going to take a week to get all the orders together so that we could send them out at once and we could get the cost of the shirts down by doing it that way. So thanks everybody for, uh, for being patient, but you should have those soon. I think, uh, and don't quote me on this yet, but I think we're going to reach a thousand dollars for the fundraiser because uh, in addition to the shirts that we sold, some people just got a hold um, of, the, what, what we were doing and they just made individual donations, which was awesome. I, I quick story. There's a lady that um, lives in Fishtown who's lived in Fishtown for forever who I do some side work for her and I help help her with some editing for, for writing that she does. And she found out that we were doing this thing. She's like, I want to donate money. How do I donate money to it? So she just like randomly chipped in $125. And so we added That's that. That's awesome. So, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. So once everybody gets their shirts, hopefully within we'll the next couple of days or whatever. Um, I'll, call, I'll gather up all the money and we'll give the money to Kensington and, uh, and Starfinder, And I'll let everybody know what we ended up with, but it was, it was great. It was awesome. I was, I was not surprised, honestly, not surprised at all um, that we had as many people participate as they did because we did the fun, the equipment fundraiser for, uh, for the podcast a couple of years ago. And people. People were awesome with that so i figured why not let's let's do something for um let's take that charity and do it for somebody else so it's it's awesome hopefully everybody gets those shirts soon and uh we can uh get hand the money out to the to kensington the Starfinder. anyway nice. so so no, no awesome, man. It's, right? it's no i love it man i knew well no listen i knew that when everybody when we had so much participation in the equipment thing i'm like well we should definitely do this again and we should give the money elsewhere so maybe we can do yeah. like the goal would be i, I would love to take like one of these uh one of these a year, you know, so maybe we'll do something again next year. Um, okay. Anyway, so the schedule dropped, we mentioned the, um, the New York city game, seven, nine, nine AM. They play Nashville uh, at 8 PM on the 14th and they play Miami. Of course it, it wouldn't be the Philadelphia union without a 10 30 PM game uh, between two Eastern conference, Eastern time zone teams on seven 19 on a Sunday. Um, I, you know, originally I was like, what the, what the hell is with this? The, of course they got in the wonky 16 group, um, you know, but, uh, Chicago and, um, uh, who's the other team in that group? Orlando, Chicago and Orlando in that group group. Um, they really couldn't have got a better draw, right? No. they couldn't have this,
1: this worked out about
0: as well as they could have. And no Atlanta, no Atlanta, no, no, no Toronto, uh, no Red Bull you know i mean like that's no no columbus you know you're going so, up like, against expansion sides like it you don't it have to play you don't have to play new york on that on the shitty field yep well yeah, that's, get them on and that's field.
1: honestly that's its own other thing too is like i think in a given year i think most people would agree with this like nycfc is good but they also build their team around that tiny little scrub park that they play in in, in yankee stadium and so that's beyond a home field advantage. I mean, first of all, it's not even within FIFA regulations and it shouldn't happen. And it's a disgrace to the league, but outside of that story,
0: did I tell, have I told, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did I I tell, did I tell the Rhombus story on this podcast at all? I I think I've told it before. I don't know if you were on it when I did though, but okay. So a while back, uh some union people told me I guess this is like like 2015 or something when they were an expansion team when New York was expansion team but they said that they when they went up there and played like the first couple times that they walked around the field a bunch of times like several times and they just like looked at it and tried to like measure it with their eyes and they said and one of them said to me Kevin it's not it's not it's literally not a rectangle it's shaped like a rhombus where, you know, like the lines are, t- yeah. are tilted, tilted. So it yeah. looks like a rectangle. It's like a, what do they call Like a parallelogram. Yeah. So because, because it was not, it did the the smaller lines did not match up with the other lines. So that's, great. The, that's the great. union union felt that they were playing on a rhombus. So anyway, I'm sorry, carry on. I didn't mean to. You
1: know. No, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's a good draw for them and any kind of nonsense, any kind of shenanigans or chicanery that you would have found by having to play NYCFC at New York, it's it's out the window. And so it's good. And and by the way like you you get to start with that game, which
0: is good. That's your that's probably your hardest group game. Yeah, it's like expansion and, teams next. I mean, yeah, I mean
1: And if you come ready to play and you catch NYCFC off guard, then it's pretty pretty easy sailing into you know, the next round, out, like getting out of the group stage.
0: Yeah, it's not and, exactly the group of death. You know, it's like when you're watching the no, World Cup and the stakes are higher. Like, you know that if you get a good result in that first game, then can you, but you're in position to qualify, you know? Can you imagine the
1: Union win against New York and then somehow drop results of any kind to Nashville or, or Miami?
0: Yeah, I, like, it's just what a total... an
1: absolute disaster. I mean, you want to talk about one of the worst case scenarios for the
0: organization, it's that. Well, I think I did the statistic when the groups were pulled um, and I went and looked at – I don't know if you put any weight into the first two games that each of these teams played because it's a you know, brand new season. They're still trying to find their feet. You know, nobody really – they haven't found their form yet or whatever. And uh, you know, they're playing on the road. They're playing West Coast, Coast teams and stuff. But I think New York, Nashville, Miami, Chicago, Philly, and Orlando, I think – you know, they played 12 games combined. I think it was three losses or three draws and nine losses. So those six teams did not have a single win in the first two weeks. Um, The interesting thing here is, and I, I pulled this up because I wanted to read this to make sure that everybody understands. Well, originally when we were talking about the six team group here like we thought the union would be screwed because uh you know they were originally only going to allow the top two to qualify and then the third team was going to be able to um, was going to be able to, to compete against the other third place teams for, for the better record right but they changed it so the union and other and other teams jim said on the, the zoom call yesterday wednesday he said we complained but other people also complained that the qualifying was it wasn't you know it wasn't fair for group a with the six teams so what what mls did was this okay um this is this is straight from the mls website i'm just going to read a verbatim so that we all understand it right the league confirmed that the top three teams in group a will advance to the knockout rounds the top two teams of the other groups also are also earn automatic berths. okay so that's one two three four five six seven right there right The next three highest ranked teams in the group stage based on points total will round out the field of 16. And this is the most, this is in parentheses, this is the most important point here. Note that the fourth place team in group A will be eligible to advance. So if the union finish in the top three, they're good, they advance. But they don't get that penalty anymore if they finish fourth, because now they're putting the fourth place team from group A up against the third place teams from the other groups and letting those tiebreakers figure it out. So does that like do we all you follow? They have to. They have to
1: have a cataclysmic f up of of
0: unbelievable proportions to not make Mm -hmm. it through. Yeah, because you could get so. Let's say let's just let's just like fake it and say like maybe they get one point against NYC, right? Yeah. Maybe they get three against Nashville and then like one against Miami, right? Mm -hmm. Like five should get you through. It should, but five may also leave you tied for fourth place could with a team like Orlando that you didn't play. Yeah. So now if you and Orlando both end up on five points, that's the funky thing. It's like, you're still, you still have the possibility of you're know, running a tie break against the team that you didn't play. But the good thing is that the team that gets dicked out of gets dicked in that scenario still gets the chance to go on as the fourth seed because they're going to compare their record to the third place teams from the other groups. The other good thing so, we I mean, know that is the, the that that was the necessary fix, you know.
1: The you union are going to get all nine, so it's not <laughs> even going to matter, right? Well,
0: all here's right? the thing, though. Here's the thing. So, I mean, I, I don't. So, Orlando, <laughs> Orlando plays Miami, Chicago. I think. I think there's a scenario, and I'd have, to, I'd have to run it through. I'd have to look closer at it and look at the schedule. But you could, you could still theoretically, I think, um, have two teams finish on nine. Or no, because I'd have to look at Orlando's schedule. Because I think they're trying to be for that. There, maybe they, can, maybe they could. I, you know, that's the other weird thing too is that you could, you could still get, you know, even you could get a funky tie with a team that you didn't play at the at the three or four, but you could also have that at number two, and that affects who you play in the knockout rounds, right? Yeah. Because A one, okay, this is also straight from the MLS site. A one gets wild card B C D E, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a A two plays C two. Right mm-hmm. and a three a three plays, B one. So I mean, you could have a wonky kind of seating thing where you could you could end up playing, um, the first the first place team out of out of the B group. Yeah. So I don't to know, answer it to answer your question. To... Uh, yeah,
1: they Orlando could th- they're playing uh, Miami, NYCFC, and Nashville.
0: Okay, so they so could beat all three. You got of those two teams. similar.
1: Yep, you've got two similar or no, yeah, yeah yes we're good yes so they they could both end up on nine the union or orlando well that would be
0: weird then too i just i i feel, and the other I just well the other weird little...
1: thing is that they're the same opponents it's the same three yeah so so i don't even know how you would tie it, it, does the tiebreaker go to aggregate goals does it go to
0: well they're good doing goal difference is one okay uh goals scored is two okay and then they're going to um fewest disciplinary points so I it mean, it's it about as fair as it can be, team, right? Like you would yeah, hope I that
1: just, you would hope the team's going to rise to the top, right? Like those those two should, in theory, do
0: well. It's funky, but I think that this is probably the best that they can do. I, I don't. I mean, they originally had it messed up, and then they listened to the criticism from the teams, and they got it right. You know, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But I mean, when you have a, an abnormal amount of groups, and I don't see how else you were going to do it anyway. So. Mm -hmm. um okay so let's do um let's do an exercise because we always like to do an exercise on the podcast Mm -hmm. and um this was we we had some questions we had a bunch of questions about five substitutes and kind of how it's played out so far in the bundesliga and the premier league and um you know how the how the union could use that so so let's go let's actually back it up because you you are allowed to um bring or or you are allowed to field a roster of 23 guys So. you're going to have five subs off of 23 which means that you will have 11 plus so six, 16 in any game you have a possibility of playing 16 of yeah. your uh 23 uh guys that you bring so there's seven people who will sit out so let's just lay out the starting lineup and let's say uh, let's just say the starting lineup is the same as it was in the LA game except that now uh Kai Wagner is healthy so he comes mm-hmm. in at left back right so we're gonna say Blake uh, Gaddis. Um, just for the sake of the exercise we'll say Glessness and McKenzie remains like the center back pairing mm-hmm. um, and uh, Wagner comes in for Rayo. playing in the diamond they're gonna have uh, Jose Martinez El Brujo you're gonna have Bedoyer on one side <laughs> uh, you're gonna have uh, Montero on the other side uh, Brandon Aronson at the 10, or uh, the tip of the diamond, and then you're going to have Shabilko and uh, Santos up top. right? So that's your starting 11, right? Yep. Now let's build it. Now your bench, uh, 23 minus 11 is 12. So you're going to have a 12-man bench that you're going to be able to use five of those guys. So uh, Real is going to be on the bench. Yep. Ilsenio. Yeah. Uh, Vooten. Vooten um Jack Elliott yeah we'll be on the bench a who's this oh let me see um oh we're about yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um you're gonna have uh Corey Burke do we think Corey Burke is gonna be on the bench and I, I hope not I hope not uh well let's put him down as an asterisk sure. because if he's because put him down because <laughs> if he's if he's back you're gonna have him on the bench obviously yeah. um i warren Cravat. i or, oh, yeah. um you're gonna have anthony fontana i would think so because that's 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 uh you will have backup keeper uh yes yeah, so you'll have um joe bendick yeah on there you will have um do I take the Cold Turner, I, I believe right? Do you want to take the other jack with you? What's the other jack that I Oh, Jack DeVries. Yeah. Certainly can't. I, certainly can't hurt. So 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Do we say Glasnett?
1: He did. You said Glasnett. Yeah, he's in the um, starting. He's in the starting 11 and you um, take a,
0: let's say uh um well, you're not going to take Freeze because he's your third goalkeeper. You're not going to add a third goalkeeper. I mean, let's just, just for the sake of the exercise, that's right. Uh, Mich- Michi Galena, right? Yeah. So then the odd, so that you have a 26 man roster right now. So the three people that would miss out, it would be Mbizo. Well, Mbizo. Yeah, I think you would probably add him on there, right? So let's just, let's, let's replace, uh, let's replace Cole Turner with Mbizo. All right. Just okay. for the sake of it. Okay. So the guys who are sitting out are Freeze, Turner. And who uh, you knows, Aurelian Collin, Aurelian Collin, right? Because I don't, I don't think you would put, you know, if you've got Jack Elliott on the bench, I don't think you're dressing four center backs. No, you shouldn't be. Right. So you're if the three odd men out. Of beneath, we'll say Friese, Turner, and Collin for the sake of the exercise. You're starting 11, and then your bench would be Matt Real, Elsino, Andrew Vooden, Jack Elliott, Mate Oravetz, Corey Burke, perhaps. Warren Crevalle, Anthony Fontana, Joe Bendick, Olivier Embaizo, Jack Devries, and uh, Michi Galena. Yeah. So, um, I guess I would toss it to you at this point and just ask generically: um, what What would you? Do, what What have you seen with the five subs so far? And how would you approach it with that group of bench guys? It all comes down to the matchup, right? I think the
1: thing that I've always gotten on Jim about is being too predictable with his subs with being too predictable, especially about the moments in which he inserts, especially El Seno in the past. Um, you know, the, the reason that the magic was lost at the end of last year with El Senio is because it just became so predictable of when he was going to insert him into the lineup and, and exactly the same role every time. And The thing about the five subs is if you wanted to take four center backs and dress them, which I don't think you should, if you're Jim Curtin and you decide that that's a way that you want to go, you could, by, by virtue of the way that the schedule set up and, and based on not knowing, you know, how, how fresh these guys are going to feel from the get go. I, I would think that you're going to rotate in a lot of, of defenders. Like I, I wouldn't have a, much of an issue, you know. I don't know where where Kai Wagner's at right now, in, in terms of his health and and feeling like he's ready to go. But if it's me, I'm trying to keep him fresh. I'm trying to use him to the max uh, that that you're comfortable with. But maybe you say that like in the early going, you're only comfortable with him playing 60 minutes. All right. Well,
0: well here's the, here's, you know, the, here's there's, the thing
1: there's one right.
0: Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. So like you you know that when, when even when you have three subs, you're always kind of holding on to the last one. Yeah. Right. For an emergency, so you're holding on to like a a goalkeeper or a defender or a you know a ragatís or something like that, right? A a flex fullback or something. So, I think we can safely say that Elsino will be coming off the bench, right? Yeah. Um, I like Matt Real as a left midfielder because you know if they go, you know, when they bring Elsino on, they're going to have to go four two three one. You don't really have Fafa. You don't have Fafa Pico anymore to come play left wing. So maybe maybe you have Matt Real can play left wing. Um, You're going to save a Jack Elliott or a uh, a Warren Craval um, in case you need that defensive sub for injury or one of the center backs just gets tired because they haven't played in a while, so you'd hold that. Fontana was, will be one, I would Fontana. think. Fontana of Vutin. I would definitely have Vooten kind Vooten, of, yeah. you know, with Shabilko and Santos there. You, you're going to have to, those are like the center backs too, where you're not going to have 90 minutes of those guys every game. You know, you're going to yeah. have probably Santos play like 60 minutes in the first game. And then the second game he can play 90 and Vooten could come in for Shabilko who plays his 60. So, yeah. I mean, if we're look if we're looking at our five here, probably Elsino, probably Vooten, Anthony Fontana, Matt Real, and then like all these other guys are just situation. I think Elliott would probably be the fifth sub in, you know, or even if it's like ten minutes to go, five minutes to go or something plus stoppage time, and you're sitting on a one-goal lead. Yep. You can even just do, just dump Jack Elliott back in there. You can play three center backs for a little bit if you have to, right? Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like the way to go. Um yeah, having Kai Wagner back is big too, because then you can use um Real as 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 whatever off the bench, because I don't I don't really see I don't know what they do if if you go four two three one here because that was a popular thing that they liked to do last year. You know, you could put Aronson over on the left for sure. Yep. You know, if if you subbed, well, I'm trying to think of how it would look here. If you took like uh, Santos off real senior, you could have Bedoya. Well, Montero and Martinez. Bedoya plays on the left, or Aronson plays on the left. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because Pico was kind of the stopgap there, the guy who would who would help you switch that, but. um, I like it man. I I, w- I would like for them to extend it. You know, I like being able to have the flexibility to have the more guys. It just gives you more to do. You you can have more options tactically too. It's not just like, well, we're going to 4-2-3-1 and then we might pull a fullback, and we might go three at the back and throw an extra striker for it. you know. There is an issue with that, options though, like, just, I mean,
1: there there is a possibility that it does exist that you could see a lot of bunker scenarios in the last 10 minutes of games. Just in a the one in a one in them. a one goal game, yeah, because yeah. like, you know, then you're not you're no longer that worried about what happens in the, you know, in the event that your one goal lead that your nurse, you know, you're trying to nurse to try to make sure that that you are able to get across the finish line with all three points. You go in and you throw in Jack Elliott. Now you've got three center backs out there, right? And maybe if you're Jim, you still have another sub left. Are you going to throw another defender on? Like maybe I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's necessarily as big of an issue for the Union, but there are other teams in this league who I think it makes a lot of sense for them to just go, you know, overly defensive minded in the last 10 minutes of games where it's like, it's almost going to feel like a a foregone conclusion that that games are going to end the way they've ended, where you're not going to have to, you know, tune into the last 10, 15 minutes because the fifth sub is such a,
0: you know, a big deal. Well, it might go the opposite way here too, because, you know, Jim usually likes to go, you know, like the 60 minutes of, uh, you know 442 with the press and then kind of switch yep. out of it and bring El Seno in and then they play 4231 but look you know if if the, if other teams are not as in shape as the Union are and they're finding success with the press in the first 40 50 60 minutes they, they, he might be incentivized not to come out of that you know and then yeah. maybe you bring your young legs on him maybe you maybe El Seno is not the first guy off the bench I and mean, maybe it's Fontana maybe it's Real, or maybe it's Foutan or maybe you just keep piling the pressure on him and do it that way you know but the good thing about it is that you know with seven subs or with seven a seven man bench and three subs you can't really do that you know you're kind of just sort of shoehorned into kind of one thing or the other there's not a ton of flex that you can do so i'm i'm curious i I think that would be my number outside of like just seeing how the union look and seeing how everybody does in orlando i think that's the would be the number two thing that i'm looking forward to most is just to see how the coaches play around with the with the five subs and and how that determines tactical flexibility that may not have been there before you know well and every manager Um, should be using all five in every game
1: right because you think about like what's the one thing that screws your team one of these guys somehow ends up getting covid while they're there and if you've gone with a short bench for some reason and one of your most impactful players is the one who goes out and you've had the ability for say like three games to get a younger kid, maybe one of your homegrowns ready to go in case they have to go in and fill that role and you don't take it, then that's on you as a manager and you're going to look
0: bad. So that's really all that I can offer right now on the on-field stuff because the team hasn't played in three months. Um, what what do you make in general of just the Orlando trip, the fact that cases are high in Florida right now, there's spikes Uh, In Florida, the bubble um, may not be totally hermetically sealed because you have Disney staffers going in and out. Um, I guess my take is kind of brief, actually, so maybe I'll just start it off. Um, I can understand why people would be concerned. I wouldn't blame anybody for pulling out. Um, I think think MLS has a better situation here than the NBA because they were at the beginning of their season, and they're resuming kind of from the start, and there's more to play for. Guys have more to prove. It's not like Trevor Ariza and Davis Bertans pulling out of the NBA because they know they're probably not going to win at all, and one of them's a free agent and they got more important things to worry about. I think that's a benefit for um, for MLS the, versus the NBA based on the when the cancellation happened, at where they were in their season based on the postponement. Yeah. But um, you know, I think the reason that you drew up these like 110 page health and safety guidelines um, was to protect against stuff like this yeah you, know, you were you knew everybody knew that they were going down to a state that uh you know is very relaxed with the guidelines and very cavalier in the way that they proceeded, and that's why they went above and beyond and drawn up all these um guidelines because they wanted to prevent something like this so my take is like either you trust that plan or you don't you know like you wouldn't have drawn up all this shit if you really didn't believe in it and if you pull out now and if you cancel now then you're saying, hey, we never trusted ourselves in the first place I just think it's problematic
1: uh I- the the, I think the league that's done this the best is the NHL because they allowed themselves to have optionality because they started with a list of 10 potential hub cities and they're going to wait until it gets almost as, as close as they can to training camps having to start before they actually make the call. And the problem is when you paint yourself into a corner like MLS and the NBA have with Orlando, there is no fallback plan. It's Orlando or bust. And you know, conceptually it sounds like a great thing because it's like, all right, there's enough fields here and the accommodations are there that that you theoretically could roll out the NBA and MLS at the same time. And by the way, you probably could have had some of the major league teams, major league baseball teams, ready to go and play there as well. The problem is that the bubble sucks. I mean, the the bubble is not a is not a good bubble. Because the the whole idea here should be that everyone is quarantined. And if that means that you're paying your employees at, at Disney time and a half, if that means you're paying them overtime, if that's a subsidy that has to come from the league, then that's what should happen. And the fact that now, you know, listen, players aren't going to follow the guidelines that are in place in a, in any league to stay within their hotel or to stay at, Um, you know, whatever the, the approved places are by the league, it's not going to happen. I always make this joke, but like a lot of these guys have, have uh, lovers, we'll call them in other, in uh, other cities. (laughs) You think that they're going to abstain from such things? Um, You're out of your mind. If you think that a 20 something year old kid who's down in Orlando is, you know, going to just live in his hotel and stay in his hotel room and and only like eat with his teammates and that's it. And then go back up to the room. That ain't happening. So, you know, for, for my money, I think if I were one of these players and you're telling me I've got to be quarantined for my family for X amount of time. I should be able to go into that bubble knowing that everyone else who's going to be working around me. Whether it's cleaning in the room, if it's the person at the front desk. They should all be there with me as well. We should be doing everything we can to keep any risk of exposure to practically zero. The fact that it hasn't happened, like I don't blame guys like Trevor Ariza, who's you know got a custody battle for not going. I don't blame Davis Bertans for not wanting to go because he's blown out his ACL before and he he's up for a ton of money in free agency. If I'm any of these guys, and I feel like there's any kind of risk whatsoever, and I'm not comfortable with the fact that these leagues didn't have the cojones to, you know, throw the money up there and and subsidize the uh, the pay of the support workers, then you don't have to go. I just I think they put themselves in a bad position by limiting their options to this one city, and and now you know it's it's going to have to go down one way or another. There's either going to be a huge blow up where there's going to be a lot of players testing positive or somehow they're going to be able to limit exposure and it's going to be fine.
0: Well, I think that's the worst case scenario. You know, if you get to a point where teams get down there, they have some positive tests. Maybe there's a little bit of a spike among a certain team or like at a certain hotel or something like that. And then one team is fielding 23, a 23 man game day, roster, And the other team's fielding 15. And then, because we already know that we're going to be applying asterisks to this ad nauseum, My concern is that the asterisks become a joke, you know, where it's like, well, one team can only field 14 fucking guys because they have five that are in quarantine or four of them decided to go clubbing uh, at the, with the NBA players. And they've all left the hotel at the same time. And it's going to happen. Like, let's just be honest. It's going (laughs) to happen. So I I don't want to, I don't want to do, I don't want to be like, dude, who's like, well, just cancel sports is not going to happen. I'm not saying you know, no no no. Idea, but.
1: I'm not saying just cancel. I'm just saying like these are human beings. These guys are going to go and they're going to make decisions that on the surface in a normal scenario would be okay and in this probably isn't. Like imagine how pissed off you'd be if you're one of the people that's really going to follow the strictest guidelines while you're down there. One of your teammates goes else off. is fucking around no, you. No, but like one yeah. of your teammates goes out to the to a bar or spends the night with someone else and brings the infection. And all of a sudden, you know, four guys, five guys on your team, and some of your more high profile players get infected and are now out. I do wonder if there's going to come a point in time, this would be a fun, fun exercise, a mental exercise. I know we've already done one and you're already gassed, but, you know, humor me. Uh, What if, if the virus ends up becoming a thing where like, you start seeing these rosters shrinking and shrinking, What if for every eliminated team you got to draft a player from an eliminated team to your team? No, to no. continue through the competition no, no of course not so that this so that you kyle's, can actually this... so you can actually field a full starting 11 now by the uh this, this this like kyle's
0: season. this is like the idea that kyle was sharing in slack like a year ago where he's like if your franchise quarterback goes down That's you so should bad. be able to take another quarterback from another team that was, that was I'm like, so okay, so, okay you know, it's so great so idea. The, it's a great the, idea the, it's a like, the no. Seahawks are just going to let the Eagles borrow Russell Wilson for yeah. a game, and then when he tears yeah. his ACL, blows his knee out, then what? You know, yep. I yeah. appreciate you um, just for the sake of the conversation, presenting that, uh, presenting that idea as unrealistic as it may be. I mean, the best case scenario I think is that if you do have a team that's like has some, uh, you know, some cases, or it's not looking good, that maybe they end up kind of stinking anyway. Maybe they get eliminated before the knockout rounds. Maybe that would be a. Uh, a blessing in disguise but i'm not sure i'm curious to see how it works out and i I know that you know just like our eyes have been on the Bundesliga and the premier league and the kbo and kind of like using them as a base for um you know to see what works what doesn't work you know fake crowd noise fake fans in the stands sex dolls in the stands uh accidentally (laughs) (laughs) you know like trying to just like figure out what works and doesn't work uh you know mls is going to have a lot of eyeballs on it. Just, um, even if people don't give a shit about the product necessarily, just sort of seeing if the protocols work. So there's a lot riding on it. You know, and I, I think there's something to be said for, look, if MLS gets it right and the guys follow the procedures and everybody does what they're asked to do, then they're going to, you should earn a lot of respect for that. You know, cause it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to sit in a friggin' hotel room while your wife and your kids are uh, however far away that they are, you know? And I think people who, uh, can can abide by the rules and take this thing seriously i think that we would look back at this like five ten years from now and say you know what like those guys really gave up a lot for for that time and they deserve a lot of credit for for making it go the way that it did um you know god willing it ends up that way so uh because it's a great opportunity you know i think they i think they see that too and i think it's an opportunity to get out in front maybe put some eyeballs on the product that weren't there before so yeah Okay, what's next in the rundown here? Uh, la la, 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 la. Oh, You had it. the uh, Zoom. You had the Zoom call. I know. I wrote it on the Zoom call. I forgot. Um, bubble. Prim, uh, yeah. Premier League. Liverpool. Liverpool are champions. Uh, world fucking champions, as mm-hmm. uh, Chase Chase Ali once said. Um,
1: Jürgen, he was you, he was he was so delighted, you know, to to uh, be victorious, and um, it was a lot of lot of um, hard work. For the, the German who was um, a very great Liverpool team. He felt very proud. I can't do it because he, he he shows so much teeth when he talks. Jurgen Klopp. I love, I love Jurgen, but it's a
0: lot of teeth all the time. So what did you think? Was it uh, exciting? Was it anticlimactic? Was it uh, oh. whatever? Beyond anticlimactic. I know. They were just sitting there. Well, it's like when Leicester won it um, <laughs> a couple years ago and that's just a corny thing when it's a result that they're not when they're not even playing in the game. You know, it's it's like well a it's, super it's, historic thing for the for that um it's, team. You know it's
1: part of that and it's also the realization that like you're not gonna be able to celebrate it with your fans really. I know. Right? Like it, it almost yeah. feels like a totally hollow thing. It almost would have been better. So you know, like Lee Guns shut down, right? They made the call within a week or whatever yeah. of, of COVID, right? At least then you could kind of be like, "Hey, you know, we won," and the country wasn't shut down yet, so people would be like, "Oh, okay, cool," you know, another championship. In this case, this is bad. I mean, it's 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 a bummer because this Liverpool team was truly excellent. I mean, they ran roughshod on everybody in the Prem, and in they they should have had the opportunity you know, in a perfect world to celebrate this with their fans. Um, and I kind of feel like in a way, the the special nature of it, it, it it's just kind of gone. You know, what what should have been yeah. this great culminating moment for Jurgen Klopp is, is hollow. One, because they don't actually finish it off while they're on the field. And also because there are no fans there
0: to see it. You know, it, it's... But do you think... Th- do you think... Let me ask you this. Do you think... That because they had the league pretty much wrapped up, like everybody, everybody can basically sit here and say, well, they won it. You know, they they only had like to get four points or whatever the fuck it was yeah. from uh, to to put a to put to tie the knot on it, right? Yeah. Do you think that helps their case and helps the asterisk kind of thing because they were like so far out in front when this shit happened? Like, it's not no. like anybody's saying like, well, you know, now they're coming back and playing a bunch of teams that don't care. Like, they pretty much like sealed it yeah they,
1: they had one loss right like that's <laughs> they had eight more wins
0: than City did it's I mean like they're beating up on like, so, like a bunch of shitty teams that just totally gave
1: up yeah like I don't look at that season and say asterisk at all I don't look at the Bundesliga and say that you know Bayern didn't deserve the title yeah uh Serie A is actually Serie A has a, a very contentious back and forth going at the top of their table and La Liga is actually in reach for for you know my favorite team Real um, but no, like I don't, I don't that's worry. Long. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't worry about the asterisk. I, I just think that on the human level, it's a bummer, you know, that's, that's where I feel for it, for those guys, you know, some of them will never win a league ever again. And this was their moment to do it and to, to have that special moment. And instead it's just, it's kind of whatever, you know, it's great. Right.
0: So we're going to do the next segment. We're going to do, um, apparently is a controversial, segment um somebody answered somebody responded yesterday on twitter and said that they don't like this segment which kind one of
1: those probably one of those people who thinks that uh the only flyers podcast is is being a narcissist thing right? yeah,
0: it's a poll I, I would say it's a polarizing segment for some reason people don't seem to like it i would i would point out that we only do it every three or four um episodes now typically yeah. when you're on because people don't seem to get it i don't know i think it's funny but maybe because i'm a writer by trade maybe it's like a a, a linguist thing i'm not sure. writer speaker kind of thing uh the segment is called words that end in the letter a and uh, if you're familiar with the segment i'm going to give russ uh clues here and he is going to have to respond uh with the proper word that ends in the letter a but he's going to have to say it in the requisite british or australian or uh, boston Uh, accent in which the a sounds like an er all right very excited are you you ready for the first one yes okay he plays midfield for manchester united Uh, i believe that would be paul pogba yes that's correct so paul pogba 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 Pogba. 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 Uh, okay number two um this is the name of a Italian soccer team in uh, Serie A, and it is also uh, the last name of a police officer in Philadelphia who was recently accused of uh, hitting a temple student with a baton. Uh, I didn't see that story, I guess. Um, Marco, Marco, Marco Di played for this team before he came to uh, Montreal. Could that be? It's also a lunch meat. Oh. Bologna. <laughs> yes, uh, Bologna. I just I'm sorry, I thought it was hilarious that the cop's name was Joey Bologna, but um was like Philadelphia.
1: Bologna, um, I hardly know her. Um you, by the way, did you ever um look at Sarah at the table and just kinda think to yourself that you were mildly dyslexic when you saw that it's Atalanta? You're like, yeah.
0: Oh, all right. Well I th- the funniest thing was when Atlanta transferred. Um, what's his face to Atlanta? Yeah. Do you know what the, was it the the midfielder? The Chile, I think it was a Chilean guy or something. <laughs> I had to like look at the press release like fifteen times. Atlanta to Atlanta. Um, okay. Here's clue number three. Uh, they cover their face uh, with masks. They are left wing um, rioters um, and anarchists.
1: There are two different pronunciations for this. Uh, it it all comes down to where you emphasize it. It's either the antifer or the antifer I like antifer you know Tommy Tommy doesn't have much to do with these so the antifer
0: alright this next one this might actually be kind of a hard one but um, I thought it was funny Um, it's five letters Uh, it begins with an A and it ends with an A and it is a um, it's a healthcare provider um, in the United States Oh, Etner. <laughs> yes, Et Etner. Etner. That was five. I've got two bonus ones because I, I don't know why I wrote down two more. Um, this is a, uh, a simple uh, single-celled organism. An amoeba. That is correct. Amoeba. I'm, I'm pretty sure we did amoeba the first time we did letters that end in that. Uh, <laughs> did we really? I think we did do amoeba. Oh, yeah. No. Am I repeating words that end That's, in a letter How unfortunate. Okay, this is the last one. I don't think we did this one. Um, this is like. Uh, It's a synonym for scent. Uh, S-C-E-N-T, like a smell, something you smell. Oh, an aromer. That's right, an aromer. Aromer therapy.
1: I have one for you. Oh, do you? Really? I do. Uh, This is a Netflix show that is hosted by Rutledge, formerly of uh, Top Gear US and... um, 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 what was the other show? Uh, Hyperdrive on Netflix, also a racing show. But this is not a racing show with cars. At least, it's a competition show where people race against the clock and have to do a childlike game. If you have a sibling, you probably played this at some point in your life.
0: Oh my God, dude, I gotta Google this. I don't, I don't watch Netflix anymore. You're gonna Google it? Yeah. Um, Kevin if you
1: and I were were little kids and we were playing and we tried to get from one side of the room to the other and we might throw pillows on the floor or try to walk on the coffee table it would be because the the floor is I have no fucking idea. You can't step on the floor cuz it's hot because the floor is
0: oh it's got um lava lava all right, you, so you and Cog and we're talking about that the other day. Okay, all right. It's I, such I, a good
1: show. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, hold on.
0: I watched Ozark season two. was the last Netflix. Oh, so good. Show.
1: So good. You could. Oh, you know man. what? I got to tell you, the end Never. of uh, Ozark season three. Mind blowing. Mind blowing.
0: It's a good show. I liked it. Seriously. Uh, like, Seriously. The, uh,
1: Mind blowing. Uh, Mind. Binge the hell out of it. Season three. Season three. Mind blowing.
0: Um, okay, we're going, on, we're going on an hour now. Let's do. Um, let's take some questions here from the listeners, since they had to suffer through another words that uh, end in letter A segment. Um, this is from Brian Hickey, uh, formerly Philly Voice. Uh, his son uh, is a soccer player, good soccer player as well. Uh, where would Antoine Griezmann fit into last year's roster uh, without messing up the cohesion they had? That's a good question. Well, he would just play. You would just plug him in as a second striker. You know, what I mean, yep. it was Fab- Fabian on for a for a bit. It was uh, um, Santos for a couple of games. You know, you would be Chibel- you Chabelka and Griezmann up top. Yeah, nah, I'd have put him out wide.
1: I'd have put him in Fafa's role.
0: In a, well, in four two three one. Yes, cause yeah, cause absolute mayhem, my friend. But in yeah, but in a um, well, because Griezmann could play on one side, El could play on the other side. Mm-hmm pretty nasty um yeah i don't you you would have to if you played him in uh 442 you'd have to play him as a striker um this one's from union hulk uh he says hi kevin dino who is coming this summer did jim jim say that we're still shopping um also whatever happened to richard gear that motherfucker was everywhere (laughs) what did happen to richard gear he's still alive isn't he yeah he died he died Nah, i'm just kidding nah no, he's still alive. He's Richard listening Gears.
1: to the he's listening to the show right now and he's very upset that I made Richard
0: that. Richard Ge- Richard Gere's from Philly. You knew that, right? He's from Philly. Is he? Are you even old enough to know who Richard Gere is? I know who Richard Gere is. Richard Gears. Yes, I know who Richard Gere is. Yeah, he was um I think he was married to Cindy Crawford too, wasn't he? He was a pretty woman. Um, yep. mm-hmm.
1: I'm actually gonna what look up you? what was the last film Richard Gere was in? Hold on. I hope it ends in the letter A. Just for that one person who's really upset. Hold on. Filmography. Going the IMDb <laughs> route here. All right. Do you want to take a guess of what the last year uh, Richard Gere was in something? Um, I'll say 2015. 2019. He was in a mini series called mother, father, son. His oh. last movie appearance was in three Christs. I don't know what that was about. I have three an idea. Christ's. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking to see there he is with a beard in a movie, the benefactor. He played Franny in 2015. Um, has he ever been in a movie that yes. In 2009, Richard Gere was in a movie. It's the name of a woman that starts with an A and ends in an A.
0: Uh, oh, Um. was it, was it, Amelia. it was Amelia. <laughs> yes indeed this is great richard this is great richard gear knowledge <laughs> yeah, as uh tony tony bruno would say richard gear he won um he won an award for fucking uh oh my god wow he i didn't like, know he was uh, into that 2000s. kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> wow. no no it was like it was like at the beginning of the uh early 2000s he won an award for something um that's the Chica- only Chicago. Is it Chicago? I think I wow, say? that's
1: the only movie yeah. he was in that ended with the letter A. I'm actually really upset about
0: that. Amelia. <laughs> Amelia. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's good. Richard Gear stuff, man. I'm glad Union Hulk asked about Richard Gear. I don't think we <laughs> answered his question. though. what's he up to now? Probably not doing anything. 70 years old. Um, probably just chilling, man. He probably still looks pretty good too. Richard Gear, oh, he's, anyway. he's a he's a stud. Richard, gear. Um, we could talk about Richard Gere all day, but let's move on to the next uh, question here. Uh, this is from Ryan. He says, as a center back, do you think development of a young CB is hindered uh, by not having a consistent defensive partner? I was specifically thinking about Rob Holding at the moment, but I think that question can also apply to Elliot uh, McKenzie and formerly trustee. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, and I think too we've said this before in the case of uh, the union's young center backs to having Harris in play in front of him when he's a defensive sieve. <laughs> you know, imagine Trusty and McKenzie having to learn the game with a non-traditional mid defensive midfielder in front of them. Yeah, um, but for sure, you know when you play with a center back. Um, I played next to this guy named uh, Sem in Casa uh, for like years. We were on the same team, he, and then he moved back to Switzerland. Our, our guy, all the guys on that team were um, were like doctoral students or something at, at Penn, and so we had a bunch of foreign guys. We had like a Turkish guy and uh, a Swiss guy on the team, and uh, yeah, you you do learn. I, I don't know if it well, I don't know if it hinders your development, but you just you learn to. uh, you learn to play a certain way because you trust your partner to do one thing or another thing. Like I know that he was always very good on the ball. um, So I would be more of the ball winner and kind of, you know, like brute force kind of guy. I think it, I think you feel more comfortable for sure playing next to a a guy that you're familiar with. There's, there's Mm -hmm. familiarity and continuity. um, So it allows you to, uh, sort of pinpoint what it allows you to sort of focus your game on specific things and then you become better at those specific things because you're not trying to do 500 things at once but um, yeah I don't know I, I would like to go back in time and see McKenzie and Trusty play behind like a Diego Charo or Ozzie Alonso or like a Tyler Adams or something like that I think I'd be more interested in seeing that you know? yeah Um, Jack Fritz Adelphia is legendary. So what do you make of Jim saying? McKenzie possibly getting playing time at the six, uh, would a back five make more sense? Um, you got to think Glessness was mainly brought in because they thought McKenzie would miss a lot of times of the Olympics and qualifying. And now we have three very good seed bees. Yeah. You know, honestly, I would say like, I think the union have three number one center backs. Yeah. McKenzie, Elliott glasses. I would feel comfortable starting any combination of those three guys. Absolutely. You know? And so worst case scenario or like the, you know, the, one of the ways that you could do it is you just start three different combos in three different games you yeah?
1: know you just start all three
0: go. Or we could start all three and and then colin comes in on the, colin would then enter the bench if you did go with those three guys you know but you could you could go i think the first game you go mckenzie glessness against nashville i don't see why you can't start Elliott and mckenzie and then maybe by that point you've already qualified maybe you go glessness and Elliott in the third game that would be the best case scenario wouldn't it because then each center back would only have to play two games yeah and they would be they would be rested going into the next one um but McKenzie at the six I don't know I mean we don't know what Orovets is we have no clue what he is uh, Warren Carval I you know I, I think we all know what Warren is at this point so behind Martinez um I don't know it's, it's hard to say I mean it's hard to go from it's it's hard to go from center back to the defensive midfielder you know you're playing more with your back. The, the thing about center back passing is you're always facing uh, towards the other goal, and you always have this 120 degree cone of vision, and you're always you're always passing forward for the most part, or passing sideways. Whereas I don't think center backs are naturally. I think it's uncomfortable for center backs to learn to face their own goal, receive the ball, turn under tight tight spots. It's just not what we do. We don't do a lot of that passing playing defense. So I think it's hard. I think it's easier to go. I think it's easier to do what a Moby Akugo did and go from defensive mid to center back, whereas I think it's a lot harder to go from center back to D mid because it's just a lot, it's a lot different. It's more running. You're facing the other way a lot. It's, just, it's, it's, it's more of a change, I think, to go that way. Yep. Um, JC Burner was the guy who said, can we end the words that end in letter A segment? The answer is no. No. No,
1: we can't. Never um, will. Never can. And- never will.
0: Andrew says what do you get two hours after eating at the Aramingo Avenue Taco Bell uh, hint it's a twofer um, I don't know diarrhea is that two different things
1: oh hey uh, go back to the uh, the question about
0: reflux. about
1: killing off the words that end in the letter A you know what I bet that guy doesn't like it's a musical term for something that holds holds indefinitely until the director decides to move on do you know what that word is um
0: i do not know it starts
1: with a c ends in an a
0: um uh, not a chorus that doesn't end in the letter a uh it
1: would be a coder a coder (laughs) i think of the coda yes we hold indefinitely on the coda
0: coda.
1: (laughs) and you've got the coda yes the coda
0: coder the coder. The coder. I think the first time we ever did that segment, you were doing the Tommy uh, Tommy oh, the, Smith thing, and I was laughing the so hard that I, I couldn't the breathe. <laughs>
1: the <laughs> diarrhea. Oh, that's right. The other man, he just took. Yeah, it's the twofer. You got the diarrhea.
0: I think the I think you got the, the nausea. Word.
1: What? How do you say nausea if you're uh if you're British? nausea. <laughs> the nausea. <you> <laughs> That actually sounds kind
0: of hot. I don't know if the word that I gave you was larva or poopa. It was,
1: no, it, it was, <laughs> it was lar, no, it wasn't a larva or was it pooper? No, it was pooper. It was the pupa. The pupa is the pooper. <laughs> the pooper.
0: That's the one that I was, I was like giggling like a little, little schoolgirl for that. Uh, like, man, I got to grow up. Um, nah. Mitch Dandenjak says, what's your favorite firework? Uh, none. Uh, wow can you do the phonetic reading can you do the phonetic reading of the sound it makes yes uh it goes and the whole ground shakes and the earth shakes and the dog gets scared and he backs baxter goes into the uh, bathroom and curls up in a ball and starts shaking and the baby wakes up and starts rolling around have there been fireworks in the suburbs russ no uh well mm, not a lot
1: not they quieted down
0: they quieted down a little bit over the last couple of days. I don't know if like I don't know what happened. I, I think that once people started complaining, magically they like just kind of died down a little bit. But it was going for like three weeks straight, and it was like uh, it was like louder than <laughs> than the ones that I heard in years past. It was ne- it was never like it's funny because people were coming at me and they're like, "Well, if you don't like the fireworks, you." Fucking gentrifier, <laughs> then you can go move out in the suburbs. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's not like it wasn't a problem. Like, it's always usually what happens is like a week before Fourth of July, people start shooting them off, Then they they keep firing them until like maybe a week after Fourth of July. It's no, it's no big deal, you know. I mean, it's like around the holidays, it's a, it's in the summer, um, kids <laughs> are off from school; they're just trying to have fun and stuff. But th- but this year it was like different. They were firing off like like bottle rockets and like I don't know, like sounded like mortars or something. Did you know that there's a firework that is in the letter A?
1: Well, that's right. There is. What's that guy's name? JC Casey. Uh, let's let's keep the uh, the thing going. <laughs> You're just the, trolling
0: this guy. Yeah,
1: the dahlia. Yeah, that's right. A dahlia <laughs> is a shell that produces a starfish-like shape. The Dahlia. The Dahlia <laughs> Lamer. Oh, the Dahlia Lamer.
0: That's a good band. A uh, good um, metalcore band. It's the Black uh-huh. Dahlia Murder. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have? Any more questions here? Corey Berg. We talked about Corey a little bit. Um, the odd man out in McKenzie, Elliot, Glassness. I again I think you start McKenzie and Glassness. just if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it, you know. I do feel bad for Elliot though. Like, well, interestingly else? enough, yeah, I'm sorry, interestingly enough, the reason that he wasn't playing in the first two games is because I think he got a late start in the preseason yep. too. So it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like he lost his job or anything else.
1: Yeah I, I just kind of feel like it was a, a confluence of events that kind of led to him not having that spot and it's a shame because he he's done everything the right way for this team over his tenure and he deserves to have a starting spot. Listen, maybe Jim just needs to go fun and like start with a three, five two or three, four, three, just start his three center backs, have a, a dandy old time. Then you have no drama, you have no problem. Arguably, three of your best defenders. You can put Kai out wide in midfield. I mean, it's a great thing. I I don't know why you wouldn't do it.
0: You're I, never gonna. You're never gonna have to convince me to to play a, a three center backs on the field. I love it, man. Yeah, we played three center backs in casa. Um, Did you in casa? Yeah, no, on the really good team that I played for South Philly when we. Um, um, I was not a starter on that team. Um, we won. That was the, the team that had a bunch of the guys who went to Widener and played a Widener mm-hmm. and um, we won the the championship of talent that year, but yeah, we played three five two so and we would just kind of have the um you know we'd have two of the we'd have two defensive midfielders and then they would just kind of slaw uh, kind of drop back into one of the slots next to mm-hmm. the center center back you know and uh then it would look like a four man back backline line then it would look like a three man and you could push the wing backs up it's just like I don't know. I just, I just like it because it just, there's, it's a lot of flexibility, you know, I mean, you can, you can move guys around in ways that just give you like numerical advantages, um, all over, all over the field. So, yep. um, last question from Klein, any idea on what the summer transfer window will look like this year? I, I don't know. I don't think it'll be much of anything because teams don't really have an incentive to say, well, we definitely need this. We definitely don't need that because I don't think they know because they haven't had enough games to figure it out. So I don't think it's going to be much of a summer transfer window. Um, I wish I had a better answer for that, but it's a good question. So, yep. um, Russ, I'll leave you with the final word. Final word, rush joy, coroner. That's your final word. That's my final
1: word. Okay, it's fine. the thing that's going to dictate how successful any of this is.
0: Well, and I hope it's not serious. I mean, God forbid. You know, I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if that happened and this thing was like derailed because of the. Uh, because of the uh, idiotas in, in Florida or some crap old idiot with that. I hope it doesn't come down to that. I'm it knocking needs, on wood that it doesn't come down to that. It
1: needs to go well because if I have to go into Slack one more time and see Kyle Scott saying cancel sports or cancel college <laughs> or cancel this or cancel that. I know, I know. Here's an idea, Kevin. Cancel my damn student debt. How about that?
0: No. Okay. I, am once, I am once again asking you to support the Philadelphia Union when they return to play on July 9th. I'm excited, Um, I hope you're excited. And uh, when we uh, get soccer again, we can actually talk about the game itself and we can break down the game and uh, then we won't have to bullshit on the podcast. Although I think we did okay this time. I think we did a nice exercise and I think we went over the rules and just uh, had an intelligent discussion about the bubble itself. Maybe the Mm -hmm. words that end in letter A uh, is not for everybody. Uh, But for the people who enjoy it, thank you. And uh, we'll get the shirts out. The shirts are in the mail, and I'll get the money out. And we will be uh, rocking and rolling, and we will be counting down to kickoff.